Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys. Hey guys. This is our second attempt recording this. This has happened only twice? Or has it happened more than twice? It's happened a couple of times, but you know, honestly, out of 56 episodes, for this to happen like three times is not the worst. The gremlins that take over the internets or whatever, I don't know. But anyway, we have a great show for you guys today. We are going to talk bossy, bratty kids. We're going to talk about kind of a controversial thing of cultural appropriation. Yeah. And we're going to do a shorty, short, short hot goss. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag, but up first, the the tits tits and the the shits. shits. I said that's so robotic. Last time we did this, I yelled at you for not doing your job. So maybe that was why the the microphone cut off. It was like, be nice to Ashley. It was like, you cunt. I'm going to silence you. Pretty much. You want to go first with your tits? Yes. I am fully vaccinated. I got the one dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine this week in a twist of complete luck and faith. Man, oh man, am I relieved. I will tell you guys, I got vaccinated on Tuesday. Tuesday night at about like 2.30 a.m. I woke up feeling like, oh no, this is not good. And I turn over and I look at Matt and Matt's like, I've been up since 1 a.m. I have the chills. And Matt is like one of those guys that never gets sick. I get like the flu every two months pre-pandemic life where I was out in the world. It was just not good. I spent all Wednesday just totally feeling like I had been hit by a truck. It was bad. It was bad. Fever, chills. You did not look good. No, I canceled everything I had that day, which really wasn't that much, but like, you know, recording this and a couple of calls. Yeah, it was bad. And then Wednesday I woke up and I was like, I'm fine. Everything's okay. It's a doozy. Just all of you be prepared for that. I will tell you an interesting thing about that is my dad. So it was me, Matt, and my dad who went. And my dad, who has the good blood, for those of you who have been listening, faced nothing the next day. Totally fine. Totally feeling good. Um, So for those of you who have, oh, whatever, the good blood. That good blood. Congratulations. You really lucked out genetically. You will survive the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Also, sidebar, did you see that thing that the CDC... I sent it to you. Oh, okay. And you're like, is that real? It is. Yeah, apparently the CDC has a whole thing on their website of how to survive a zombie apocalypse, which is alarming, to say the least. It means that they know something that we don't know. Yeah, I'd like to show my mother, because I have told her many times, listen, of all the supernaturally type things, I think the thing that may happen is a zombie apocalypse. And that was one of my fears when COVID first started. I was like, oh shit, it's going down. Uh, And my mom always laughs at me when I say it, but who's showing you? The CDC, man. Have you ever heard of the zombie mushroom? Have you ever heard of this? Oh my God, I'll send you a video. It's basically a fungus that grows on plants in the fucking jungle. I don't know. And ants eat it. And then the spore grows in their brain and shoots out the crown of their head and controls their movements for like three days until it completely takes them over and then it becomes a mushroom. It eats them from the inside out. Oh, well, that's not fully a zombie thing, but yeah, that's creepy. Well, I mean, it does. It eats their brain and then takes control of their brain, but then turns them into a mushroom. No bueno. Do you remember what my shits were? I 
bought from a local skincare company. I'm not going to say who they are, but I spent over 50 bucks on two different kinds of like in-shower masks and face wash. And it came very highly praised by my esthetician who's been on the show, um, who's also obviously local. Firstly, it took like, you know, they hand do all of their stuff. It's not done in a factory. Like they are mixing stuff themselves. Oh, do you mean it's bespoke? I, sure. I hate that word. You have tainted that word for me, but y- sure. I ordered for them. It took like two weeks for it to get to me, even though it's in Jersey City and I'm in Union City and that literally I could drive there in 15 minutes. And when I got it, when I got the package, there was no face wash and one of the face masks, it's like a powder, one, the contents didn't even go past the label. I don't think either of them were fully filled, but one, if we're going to go by the standards of one being more full than the other, was certainly not fully filled. So I emailed them. It's a woman-owned business. Where you say, what's up with this bullshit? I said it very nice. I was like, hey, I'm a Hudson County native. You know, I really wanted to support a local business. A, my face wash wasn't in here. I I was like, I've been so excited to try you out. Uh, My face wash wasn't in there. And also, one of the masks wasn't even filled all the way. And I sent a picture. The woman responded right away and was like... Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm going to look into the face wash and I'll issue you a partial refund for the face mask. And I was like, okay, that's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If something happens where like the face wash comes in a different package, I'll be sure to let you know before I, if I don't hear back from you in time. Two weeks pass, not a word, nothing has arrived. There's no refund. I follow up again. Again, I'm going to look into this for you. So nice, right? So nice. Still nothing. And it's like, I'm so pissed off. I feel like, I spent $50 on this shit. Like, that's not cheap. That's hard-earned money. And you're just, like, pacifying me and not actually doing anything. And because it's a small business, like, I don't want to fuck it up by leaving a bad review. I mean, I I would because... Just send me my shit. Yeah. And I sent pictures, by the way, of the mask being like, look, and of them next to each other, like, it's not fully filled. I don't know. I don't know where to proceed from here, but I'm like, I'm a Jew. Don't fuck with my shit. Yeah, that's fucked up. I don't like that. That really upset me. So that's my shits. That's the opposite of a swag bag. That's a poop bag. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. How about you? That I'm going to be fully vaccinated, but also that Luna is saying I love you all the time. Like she's just coming up and saying I love you. And the words and the phrases that she's saying, they're coming like hot and heavy, new ones. I have no idea where they're coming from. Yesterday we were listening to music and she goes, this song freaks me out. I was like, how does she even know what? the word freak me out? Like the other day she goes, oh, this isn't spicy. It's mild. What? what? Who taught her that? What? Like, yeah, I know. Like the she's saying, it's just like so random. And the I love yous. And we talked about this. Like I remember so, so well. Luna was in a sleep regression. I was not sleeping. It was a mess. And everything, I was about ready to just like leave my entire family. And she genuinely smiled and laughed at me that wasn't involved with a fart. And my heart, it was like the first time my heart burst open and I was like oh this is very specifically timed like I remember my doctor saying like she, she's probably gonna smile and laugh at you like it's so perfectly timed when it's also the worst so that you don't give up and I feel like that's yeah. where I am right now because these terrible twos are really terrible we've already had like three times out today she got naked during my yoga class jumped on my oh. abdominal muscles in full wheel pose put her in a timeout she slapped me in the eyeball mm-hmm. like bad but She's so sweet saying, I love you. It's like, I think this is about that version now where it's like, if she didn't say it, we would put her out in the street. A welcome to the abusive 
parent-child relationship that I have been in. I will send you a welcome kit. It's just <laughs> Xanax and a bottle of wine. Nice. We're here for you. The rest of us. I mean, it's 1144. I have not brushed my teeth. I'm still in my pajamas. My daughter's Same. fully dressed. And Same. I quickly had a shake. Same. Just trying to get this shit done before I take care of myself. I definitely have not put the oxygen mask on myself. No. That was my dance. Oh. <laughs> cool. So where's, what are your shits? My shits are <laughs> that we live in a disposable consumerism society. Here I go. Here I go. I'm putting on my high hat. Got, I ordered a desk, my office desk, like a long time ago. It was three months delayed. It finally came. It was missing one little piece. I didn't realize. It's not like an instrumental piece to it standing upright, but in order for the light to work properly. When the guys put it together in my house, I didn't check the light because it just looked like it was right. everything was there. And I didn't see any like extra pieces. Turns out this piece is like very small, but it's integral for having the light work. So I yeah. called us down. They said that they would ship the piece. Well, months go by now and the piece hasn't come. So I checked in yesterday and I was like, Hey, just checking on the piece. They were like, yeah, we don't make the piece anymore. And I was like, what are you going to hmm. do? They're like, we have to ship you out an entirely new desk. Now this is like, oh. mo- like an $800 desk. They're like, we're just going to ship you out another desk and then you're going to have to send the other one back. I'm like, really? For this one part? It just feels so stupid. And on a whole, we've gotten a lot of like, you know, not the fanciest of furniture, but the f- pretty fancy furniture and shit is just messed up. And I'm like, for this price, it should not be fucking falling apart. Where is the craftsmanship? Anyway, well, our shits are basically no. customer service shits today. Let's move on to our first segment. So this first segment comes from NPR. It is a article about, are we raising unhelpful bossy kids? It goes on to talk about how, you know, in current times in America, we're finding that kids are not being as helpful and they're kind of being little shits. Surprise! Surprise! And in olden times, I I just use that as a general term, or now in other countries, this is not the case. First of all, I want to ask you, Ashley, is your kid bossy and unhelpful. I wouldn't say he's bossy. I would say he's moody and temperamental and sometimes a jerk, but I wouldn't call him bossy. I don't know. Do you think he's bossy? I don't think bossy is a word that defines. No, I don't think he's bossy. I don't think he's super helpful either. He's not not helpful. I would say he's neither bossy nor overly helpful. I do think he's helpful in things that he wants to be helpful in. You know, like he loves to help out with cooking. So he's very helpful with that. If I say like, hey, can you get that from the kitchen? He'll go do it. But if I'm like, hey, why don't you go clean up your toys? That's not happening. Yeah. I was absolutely bossy. My mom used to catch me like telling kids what to do and would take me home and be like, you got to stop being bossy. No one's going to want to be your friend. Virgo. Yeah. Um, I would say that Luna is both bossy and helpful. Um, okay. Lots, lots of times she's helpful only on the stuff she wants to be helpful for, but she tends to like even being helpful for the stuff she doesn't want to as long as there's like some idea of you're doing such a great job. You're helping mommy out. Like as long as there's like some praise in that direction, she'll do it. Right. They offer some key practices to try to help your kids be helpful. So the first one they call number one to scramble or not to scramble. And this is something I was like proud because I read it and I was like, oh, I do this. And this is this idea that, you know, lots of times we're rushed. We don't want to make a mess, whatever. Right. And so we don't let our kids help like stir or in this case, like scramble an egg. And so what the writer is saying here is that let your kid make the mess. Let your kid, even at a very young age, do a task. It helps them feel empowered. It helps them feel good about about themselves and it makes them feel like a contributing part 
part of the household. This was very eye-opening for me because I like can't stand the mess. Like when I'm trying to make dinner, I don't want to like spend six hours making dinner. I just want to like get dinner made, have it taste good, and let's all move on with our lives. And when Sebastian wants to help, I'm often like, no, 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 that it's just going to be too messy. So like after reading this, I was like, okay, I really need to reconsider this. Because when we're with his grandparents, like his both his grandmothers, he'll help them bake or make cookies. And he loves that. And it's like not an issue for them. And for some reason it is for me, but I guess it's also not there every day. Right. For me, I do this more at breakfast because I feel like she's in a better mood at breakfast and breakfast foods are a little bit quick and easier to make. And usually I like, I, when I used to nanny for people, this one family, I like nanny, but they, a lot of times they were working from home. So they were there and I also helped them run their theater company. So it was like a lot of different tasks. And I was always so impressed that they would let like a really little kid help cook. And I was thought yeah. that was so cool. And I was like, I want to do that. You know, I want to be the parent that has their kid help them cook. So yeah. my stepdad made this stool thing. I forget what they're called. What are they called? Helper boxes? I can't remember. I don't know, but it's like that stepping stool that has like a little gate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he made one that actually turns into a desk for them. So at, with little clips, so really, it's like a transformer. You could really quickly turn it into a desk so she can color and even like it's extra seating like a kid's table. Anyway, so she does that and I, she really likes it. Now for other parts of the, like dinner is going to be really hard for me. Like the other day, with dinner, I was doing this whole big thing. And then I had her, I washed the strawberries and blueberries and I had her take the stems off and I had her check for the stems and the blueberries. So I'm trying to give her like little tasks. Yeah, that's smart. Which kind of brings us to the second thing she says. Um, and the second key practice is three subtasks an hour. For instance, like for kids our age, our kids age, I should say, I'm having Luna help, what, kids our age, like us? I know, yeah, I don't know why that made me laugh out loud, but it did. I still need to have three subtasks for one task. <sighs> I have her take all of the silverware out of the dishwasher that's hers then I put it away you know yeah. or like within that hour I'll be like and now bring me those shoes and I'll put them away or like when we're doing laundry I'll be like can you take those socks and put them yeah, over match here match the socks as they develop as their attention span grows you could make a bunch of tasks into one task. So for instance, I don't, I don't know the ages, like maybe when they're seven or eight or something, you can be like, take these socks, match them, put yeah. them in your drawer. You add a yeah. task. And then when they get a little older, you do three tasks, like scoop the dog food, put the wet food on top and refill the water. That those three tasks are like one task and try to give, you know, a bunch of them an hour. When we go over all these things, I'm like, oh, my kid is really helpful because he does do all that. He helps us feed the dog every afternoon. Like he helps with laundry and he can do kind of sequential tasks yeah. within reason. Like now he can put his own shoes on. We just got a shoe bed. Remember like all of pandemic, I had a chip box yeah. Like an old chip box people could put their shoes in. I finally bought a shoe bench from Ikea and he's like, he loves a stupid shoe bench. And he's like, I mean, I love a shoe bench too. Yeah. He's like, I want to sit on here and take my shoes off. You know, silly little things like that. So something that I really like about this article is, sorry guys, I'm throwing you all under the bus. I'm just generalizing a hundred percent. I think on a whole, men need to be complimented and praised for tasks of everyday life. Like, yes, Lee empties the dishwasher and he announces it. I emptied the dishwasher, you know, whatever it is. 
Meanwhile, how many things do I do? All, even stuff that is actually his job. We did um, shout out to Eve Rodsky's book, Fair Play. We did, we've been doing the cards and it talks about doling out the jobs and you have to execute the whole job, the thought, the doing, the follow through, everything, one person, no micromanaging. And you divvy up the jobs, what's fair, not what's equal. So we have our like jobs. So like on a whole, the dishwasher's mine. But even a job that's doled out as his, yeah. he still announces... I just did that. I'm like, Matt doesn't really do that. My dad doesn't really do that, to be completely honest. But I do agree that men overall tend to do shit like that. Like they need a lot more congratulations for just being members of society. Right. (laughs) It's not like Lee does it for everything, but a lot of times he'll be like, and I just did that. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Now what? But anyway, I think it's important to tell kids that you don't get a treat for everything because we live in this society where we're giving like candy and stickers for things that should just be done. And, you know, I've gotten in a really bad habit. We've started to backtrack a little bit where we're not letting Luna watch TV for being good and we're not giving her treats all the time because it just got to be where like everything was a treat and these are things that she should just be doing. I think there's like a a line. I don't know what that line is, but I think what you're saying definitely has a point. And I also think that like some things do deserve rewards, but I also am one of those people that feels like this society that we're starting to raise our kids in where they get awards just for fucking participating. Like that's not helping anybody. Anybody. Some, I think there's a very valuable lesson in like winning or being the best. I'm putting these things, I'm putting air quotes because, you know, that's not really what it is, but there is quite a lesson in not always winning because yeah. as you grow up, you're not always going to win and you're not always going to be the best and you're not always going to be those things and learning to accept that and lose or just not win gracefully is as much a skill as anything else. Losing well is a really important character trait and and how you react to not not winning. The other thing is one of the key things about this idea, this article, is that this is not a chore chart. This is not like you do these things and you get your allowance, right? Right. This is like, no, these are the things that you do as a working member of this family and you should just want to do them. That's the whole thing about the lazy thing. Like kids can totally be motivated I couldn't say that word, by getting money. And maybe your allowance, I've read a bunch of, we've talked about allowance when we were on Scary Mommy, but you know, sometimes there's this idea, this theory that allowance should just be given and it should be separate from chores. Yeah. If you want them to do more than what their contribution to the household is, then you can pay them more money, but it really shouldn't be like the allowance thing helps them learn to be independent and learn how to budget. And the chores thing should be separate because you should want to do them to help your family. Yeah, that I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah. Kind of. I get it, but also like other than mothers, other than the job of mother or stay-at-home mom or we're any kind of motherhood, every service you do, you get payment for it. So right. in life as you grow up. It's bullshit that mothers don't, but other than that, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but I think there is some merit to that argument. Yeah, I don't know where I stand on that either, but I just wanted to bring that in that this is sort of to just be done because it's what you should do. Yeah, like for example, usually we record during nap time. Our kids are both awake right now because we have to get this done. My son really wanted to paint and I was like, listen, you need my help when you paint and I need to record. I just need you to sit on the sofa and watch your iPad and be quiet and then we can do whatever you want. But that's not necessarily a reward that's a compromise yeah I think that's okay I mean, I'm doing it right now. I'm letting her play in the dog food, which she's not allowed to do, but it's keeping her playing. So. <laughs> what a joy. Yeah. All right. Should we go on to segment two? Yes. 
This comes out of the Cross the Pond periodical, The Independent UK. And they talk about our hoop earrings cultural appropriation of the Latina ethnicity when white women wear them. I have so many feelings about this and just this idea in general. I do too. As our token, do you want to start this conversation? Yes. As a Latina, a white passing Latina, which I hate that I have to say that, but I get that for people of darker skin, they feel that I have not felt the same prejudice. Because you pass. Bigotry, right? Because I pass as white. Culturally, as a Latina, I want to say I I am not at all bothered by white women wearing hoop earrings. Furthermore, I think cultural appropriation in this regard is bullshit. I don't want to be insensitive to other people's feelings. And I certainly, there's some level of understanding on my part for this. But for me, it's about the intention. If somebody wants, you just like hoop earrings. They look pretty. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I And it goes as far as uh, those beautiful silk Mandarin collar Chinese shirts or dresses yeah, or, pajamas, yeah. or pajamas. Why can't I? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to dress up like a geisha, which is also not Chinese. Chinese, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. You're not trying to costume it. You're just trying no, to like the style. I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. Right. I think this is starting to go a little too far. I have brought up Rachel Donazal, which I hate that that's really the only example because, you know, know, there's issue with her because she lied to get certain things, but she just identified with a culture out of love and I'm assuming out of love and admiration. She lied, so it really muckies up everything. But if it's not done, to make fun of somebody if it's not done to hurt anybody so like what so I can't wear moccasins now either uh, even though they're fucking so comfortable and feel like butter on your feet and just like really cute if it's done out of admiration if it's done out of respect I don't see why it's an issue at all there's no exact pinpointing who is the first to do hoop earrings however Ashuna Cyprus the second the king of Asria in 884 I think it's somewhere in the Middle East, 884 to 859 BCE was the first person to be found wearing them. There's a depiction of a king wearing a thick hoop earring in a palace in the ancient city of Nimrud, which is modern day Iraq. And hoop earrings were evident in major cultural ancient worlds, including the Greek and the Romans. Pirates and sailors wore gold earrings because seamen often wore the earring as a mark of their travels. And when the seamen died, the earring would pay for their funerals. So they wore it so that it would be the money that they could sell, their loved ones could pay for their funeral. Interesting. Um, and it says the Chola, the Chola look was uh-huh. first seen in the 1980s and 1990s in Mexican neighborhoods in Southern California, where Latin women dealt with gang warfare, violence, and poverty. And Mexican girls first get their first set of hoop earrings, or aracana, aracandas. Anyway, so all I'm going to say is I think that a lot of these things we can't trace back to any one thing. Now, I get it that it evolves and that Latina women want to take it as the thing that is their power and is their strength. But like, I don't think I think we, we are really nitpicking about this. Like, I also want to say that I'm pretty sure Jersey girls have been wearing hoop earrings since pre the 80s. Probably. If we're going to go by that, I don't know that Latinas, my people, mi gente, I don't think we get to claim it. Uh, I think Jersey girls would get to claim it before we do, which means I still get to claim it. You well, know you what I mean? double claim it. I get, uh, yeah. I have thought about this a lot. Like the hoop earring thing, I thought 
that sort of felt like, like, duh, I'm going to continue to wear hoop earrings. But other things I've taken, like I really like a headscarf slash could be considered a turban. And I I look good in them and I want to wear them a lot. And I tend to only wear them on vacation because I just feel like people might think that I'm culturally appropriating when really I just want to look like a Hollywood glamour maven on her day off on vacation in uh, Saint-Tropez. Sidebar about headscarves, I wore a silk headscarf on birthright to ride a camel. And it was because, not to go appropriate, I was going for a Lawrence of Arabia look. I was trying to look fabulous on a fucking camel, okay? It was out of love and respect. But like, I went to India for a month to do like a religious pilgrimage kind of thing. You know, white blonde women are considered, are very rare and kind of considered good luck. Like, Mm -hmm. before I changed out of my Western garb and I had my head uncovered, people were like handing me their babies because it was considered like good luck and a blessing. And like, I felt like Justin Bieber. People were like freaking storming around me because they hadn't seen like a blonde, pale skinned woman. When as a respect, I uh, donned not a, not even a sorry, because that's like a little bit more flashy, but like a working class Indian outfit, which was like a dupita and a, it's like a tunic outfit. Right. And covered my head. That was out of respect. That wasn't out of cultural appropriation. And I still own those garments. And, you know, I sometimes wear that tunic in the summer. I don't think I would do it to like lead a yoga retreat because that feels like posery and like I'm trying to be something that I'm not. But I don't know, like, why can't I wear that? I mean, listen, I agree. I don't want to offend anyone. I'm not dressing up. Never again would I go out for Halloween as like a geisha, which I did as a kid. Right. It's a different time. I would not do that. For sure. Right. And I I don't want to negate anyone's culture. And I don't want to, you know, I I don't think I would get a full hair, head of hair braids in the Bahamas like I did when I was a kid either. But also, where do we draw the line? But I also think think you should be able to. I mean, it's not a good look on white girls, but you should be able. I don't see why that's bad. Yeah. I want to know. I don't ever want to offend anyone. And I want to be a person who is aware of all sorts of cultures. I have traveled a lot. I'm not like a, I'm not a naive white girl. Right. I am a white girl. I am. I don't ever want to offend anyone. And I I want to be a woke person. But I also think that there's a fine line. Like I should be able to appreciate someone's culture. I mean, I hate to use the royal family, which we'll talk about in hot gas. But when you go visit someone's country, it's a sign of respect to dress in their wares. When when you go visit Hawaii, they put a lay on you. Uh, Members of the cabinet, when they visit Ethiopia, they wear traditional clothes. Like how is that different? Uh, You know, if you go to the Middle East certain parts of the Middle East, as a woman, you are required to cover up. And that, why is that different? Here's a confession from me. Uh, When The View first started, I was like 13, maybe. And this was when Star Jones was on. And I loved Star Jones. I was so taken by her fierce, powerful, female, black woman energy. And this is totally true. And for years, I was like, I just want to be a black woman. I know now that that's not something I can say, but it was 100% out of respect and admiration for this woman and the energy and the boss bitch that I thought she was. And I just wanted to emulate that. First of all, I'm shook that you wanted to be Star Jones. That's like the biggest reveal that I've heard in a long time. I know. That's that's a lot. Also, she like ended up being kind of like a terrible person in a lot of ways, but... I'm kind of shocked that you said that, but that's okay. Like, for instance, you know, I'm not a Jew, but when I go to somebody's bar mitzvah, I cover my head and my shoulders in a... You don't have to cover your head. My my shoulders. When I go into a church, I cover my head. Like, that's what I'm saying. All right, guys. Should we do a little bit of hot goss? 
So really, the only hot goss we have is the Meghan Markle interview. Actually, there's some breaking news. Okay, so let's do Meghan Markle. I believe her. 100%. Who didn't know that the royal family was racist? Who We knew that yeah, it was going to be a hot mess. Her marrying, being divorced, number one, being American, number two, being not royalty, number three, and number four, being half black. I thought half black was the number was going to be their number one issue above anything else, to be completely honest. I didn't know which one was going to be the issue. All of them are problematic. This is a family that, if you go back far enough... They married each other. Right, to keep their bloodline clean, for God's sake. So it makes it's not surprising that they um, are not okay with certain things. I'm surprised that she did zero... I'm surprised she didn't know how to curtsy. Hello. Everybody knows how to curtsy. Two... That she didn't do any research on the royal family. Yeah. Like, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Some of that stuff. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, and this is really, I want to be very delicate about this. I believe her, but something about the interview felt off to me. Like, it seemed like she wasn't as broken up as she should be or things didn't add up. I still believe her. And when he came on, he is just genuine as can be. Like, I don't not believe her. I just think something is a little bit off. And it just kind of sat with me, like, on her end. Some, it just sat with me a little bit weird. You know, I feel really bad saying this because I believe everything she said. I believe that there she felt like she wanted to end her life. I believe all of that. Uh, and I don't want to take away from that. But I... There is something about her that from the very beginning has felt very off to me as well and inauthentic. I'm not really sure what that is. Maybe it is something like you're really sitting here telling me you're marrying into this family and you don't you didn't do any research on royals. I do research on everybody I date, let alone someone. I literally I I watched a cartoon last night and I started to do research on who was voicing it. So you're telling me that like you didn't ever Google like how to behave in a certain situation and I'm not saying that you need to. I just don't believe. As an actress, as an actress, you're supposed to do your homework. And here's the other thing, like, you know, we read Dumois. So many of our cast members have come out and been like, Megan is the nicest person and I really believe that she is very nice. I believe all of it. I just feel like she's kind of in authentic and I don't know what it is but yeah I agree something about it feels off and we certainly don't want to like add to anyone feeling bad not that you know she's listening to our podcast at all but there is a level of inauthenticity and I you know there's this movement of we need to blindly believe everything we hear listen things are tricky I'm sure most of her story is correct and I'm sure some of it she's either being veiled on purpose for legal reasons or to protect people it doesn't mean she's not being honest, but right. like I don't necessarily on this show even, sometimes I have to dance around subjects a little yes. bit because me and Lee have, have made the agreement that we are going to be 100% real on here, but I don't want to out anybody that isn't ready to be. Right. Their, it's their not laundry your- being dried out in front of it's everybody. It's not your story. You and me and Lee and, you know, I, I don't know what arrangement you have with Matt, but we've signed up for this. Yep. My sister doesn't. Or my whoever, my mother doesn't. So sometimes you do have to hedge it a little bit. And maybe that's what we are saying. Who knows? Who knows? There's times where we talk about like trauma growing up and stuff. And I'm uncomfortable talking about that sometimes. Not because of me, but because it's not my place, like you said, to expose other people and other people have normal jobs and normal lives that they have to be a part of. And it's not up to me to air everyone's dirty laundry. It just feels wrong to some extent. But 
you know, we do the best we can. Yeah, and I just wanted to make it known for the show, since this is what we do, is right. that I believe her, but it's something felt a little off, and I don't know what it yeah. is. Agreed. I'm so thankful that he has a regular life, that he has, like, chickens and shit, because that must have been crazy. I mean, we know that from Princess Diana, I mean, he's really trying to, like, avenge his mother's death. Yeah. They, they didn't do it for the money, which is very smart, but, like... You were saying the other day that, like, we love the storyline of a woman. A divorcee. A, di- a woman divorcee, woman of color. Yeah. Basically supporting former Rescuing. Royalty. Rescuing. Rescuing. Yeah. Rescuing the prince. prince. It's like a modern day Disney movie in the best way possible. Now they have deals with Netflix and whatever. They should have a deal with Spotify. Disney to make that movie. They should. I'm sure they're going to do it with Netflix. Yeah. Curious. I'm also, we forgot to mention the CTA. Guys, tell us, did you think the hoop earring thing was cultural appropriation? Tell us. This is a messy episode, guys. We're trying our best. <laughs> we have kids. We have a deadline. There's been technical difficulties. So please bear with us today. Don't go by this episode. So next up, Army Hammer Expose-ish finally came out yesterday in Vanity yeah. Fair. It's more of an expose about his family. And it is fucking fascinating. It is so fascinating how the fucked upness that goes so far back in his family and the corruptness, corruptness, the corruption and everything. It is a fascinating read. You read it and you're just like, oh, I see why he thinks he can get away with the behavior that he does because everyone else in his family has and anytime they got caught, they paid people off so they could get away with it. Exactly. Except This is modern day, baby. Social media. I don't think there's escaping it this time. My favorite part was, this was my favorite part of the whole article. I sent this to Carrie last night while I was reading it, circled it, and said this is my favorite. Is they're talking about his father, Michael. And it says, speaking to the Montecito Journal, Michael said that his proposal to a second wife, I believe, had a patriotic theme, a red alligator skin Birkin bag, Armand's white rolls in which he popped the question and the blue of his very own eyes. Can you imagine (laughs) having so much money and position in life that you gave that quote to a newspaper and felt fine? (laughs) Can you imagine Like, the audacity, sir. One of the interesting things is that I think it was Armand, right? Had this sex chair that he told multiple people about that had the um, hammer coat of arms on the seat, as well as a hole with a cage under it and like a hook above it. And I guess a woman's face would come through the hole of the seat part of the throne for him to then do whatever he wanted to her. What's, where's the hook? I don't know. That's what, they don't really say that. I was like, where's the hook? Also, Army Hammer bragged to one of the girlfriends about his grandfather's sex parties that would involve guns. Guys, again, I'm not hating on any of these poor girls that went through shit because honestly, if Army Hammer hit on me, I probably would have done 
a lot because I have thought he is absolutely beautiful for so, so, so long. Basically, since he was a, a Winklevoss twin. But when a guy starts bragging about his grandfather's sex parties with guns, future reference, run. Run as far and as fast as you can. That's not just one red flag. That's like a whole battalion of red flags. Uh, uh, yes, yes. That is quite possibly the largest red flag. The only thing missing was like, and then he killed bitches. <laughs> It's alarming. It's alarming. Oof. Guys, I hope you like this sloppy seconds. This is literally sloppy seconds. Oh, also breaking news. Don't get too excited. A bunch of New York State Democrats are calling for Andrew Cuomo to resign. Oh. You know, you and I were previously homosexuals. Yeah. God, this is not looking good for him. It is not. I want to know what Chelsea feels about it at this point. I I know. I I have also wanted to know. Chelsea Handler has been very quiet about her love for him. I assume, like us, she is not so into it. I had a friend who bought a I'm a homosexual t-shirt. And she's like, ooh, regretting that. Yeah. Yeah. All I have to say is 2020 is full of regrets. Full of regrets. Full of regrets. It's 2021, baby. That's right. Well, we're not going to have as many regrets. That's the point. We we were homosexuals in 2020. That's what I'm saying. True, 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 true. All right. Hashtag swag bag. And then we'll wrap this sloppy ass episode up. (laughs) Okay. Carrie, you go first. All right. My hashtag swag bag is this pretty inexpensive dinosaur soap making kit that I got from Amazon. It's really awesome. It's for an older kid, but I'm assuming that is like they do most of the stuff themselves. It was completely appropriate for a two or three-year-old if you were doing all of the work primarily um, because it does involve hot things and pouring and such. Luna likes to wash her hands. During this pandemic, you know, obviously we're trying to make hand washing a thing. And my mom has some decorative soaps left over from 1985 because she's a mother. And also you don't use decorative soaps. They're decorative. We do now. I know. We tried to find some new ones. It's really hard to find decorative soaps now they just don't do it's just like not a thing it's really hard to find what a fucking mom conversation this is it's so hard to find decorative soaps these days oh gosh gee so I had to order some from Amazon and then I saw this soap making kit you know I'm trying to do like pretend daycare here so I was like okay soap making will be an activity anything to wipe away the daily monotony and so we did a soap making kit. It was really rad. The soap is adorable. I like, it's fun. I want to put it all over the house. You control the colors. It's super fun. They, it comes with scents, but I'm like funky about scented things. You'd probably love those damn essential oil scents. Oh, I love it. They're good ones. I did. I can't love do it. it. I do so we used it up. We loved it. We did the whole kit. I think we're going to invest in like a slightly more upscale one that isn't meant to be done and then you're done. And I think right. we're going to do this for gifts for like maybe for Luna's uh, third birthday bag giveaway we'll do them maybe for Christmas and stuff I think it's in that I'm into giving presents that are not wasteful that you can use up that don't cause clutter that are thoughtful and so I'm really into this I think we're gonna I think we're gonna make some soap and it's useful it's very themed I love it. for this time so anyway I will tag on the episode the simple one that we got and we got dinosaurs because she's into dinosaurs but I'm really we're really into it how about you love it so mine is not so much a thing as it is a tip I find 
find it particularly useful for lighting fixtures and books, which are very weird. Yeah, two opposite things. But uh, when you buy on Amazon, sometimes if you just scroll a little bit past the like add to cart by now, you'll find something that is like buy used, um, which is why I like it for lighting fixtures and for books. It'll say, you know, they'll sometimes just have one option. Sometimes it'll have multiple where it'll say like used like new you and then it'll say like cosmetic damage to cardboard box or it'll explain what's happening but I am finally redoing my closet I bought a this is the second light fixture I've bought off of Amazon that I have bought used I've bought ceiling fans like this also it's great I buy books like that all the time because do you really care if you're buying a secondhand book nobody gives a shit no who did it in college yeah exactly half.com but now that's yeah. not really a thing anymore it's a great way to save a little bit of money I think the lighting fixture I bought for my closet was supposed to be like 120 and I got it for like 106 which is not nice. a huge savings but it's something so those savings add up Ashley add all they those sure savings do up. my friend from your stingy friend Ashley I will tell you <laughs> But yeah, that's my little tip from me to you. And that's our show, guys. We have to take care of our children again because I there's literally poop on the floor here and a bunch of dog food. So I got to I got to get back to being a mom now. Help us. Help us please, friends. Yes. Anyway, yes. we love you all. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. <laughs>